Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Well, this morning I wanted to talk about motherhood and about the fact that as mothers we play an extremely valuable role. We are vital to God's plan for family. And we've been talking about family matters over the series, and right now we're talking about mothers. Proverbs 31.30 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. And verse 25, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. What does this mean? It means that she is worthy of praise. She is worthy of praise. And that's what this day is all about, is giving mum the praise that she deserves. What does worthy mean? Worthy means valiant, excellent, virtuous, a strong character, capable, intelligent. She is truly above rubies, more precious than any jewel a man could have. Sounds impossible already, right? I mean, motherhood, dirty dishes, dirty kids, dirty house. It doesn't really feel sometimes like we're dealing in precious metals, does it? Here we are saying that we're valuable and yet we're surrounded by dirt. It can feel at times more like we are a captive than a queen, a housebound slave over being a queen-like noble in our domain. You know, somebody once said, you know your life has changed when going to the grocery store is a vacation. (laughs) That's how it feels like sometimes. We escape the chaos. You know, parenthood can be a burden at times and we can feel the weight of it or it can be a blessing. And this morning we wanna talk about God's plan that motherhood and parenthood is seen as a blessing. You know, we can look at our children and think that they limit us or we can actually see the truth that our children enlarge us. You know, the world tells us that mothers are important but God tells us that mothers are invaluable. They are more precious than rubies. You know, this morning we're talking about the fact that as mothers we can feel like we are caged, we we are captives or queens, and sometimes I think for fathers we can feel like we're caged or kings. But this morning we take time to pause from the chaos and be reminded that parenthood is a precious entrustment and that we are to wear it like a crown. You know, sometimes the world we live in can undervalue the home. It can undervalue nurture. But in God's plan, it is not a second-rate endeavor. It is a noble calling. You know, when kids are demanding, they're whining at you, where's my soccer boots? Uh, Where's my homework book? Did the dog eat my homework? Now that we have a dog, I realize this excuse is actually valid because dogs do literally eat everything. When dinner is burning and you've yet again set off the house alarm, true story, it happens about once a month at my house. I'm sure the dog and the neighbours are petrified when I turn on the gas stove. When you remember the forgotten two-day-old washing in the machine, and doesn't it get that just that wonderful aroma? When somebody is knocking at the door, somebody is calling you on the phone, and the children are demanding your attention, motherhood can seem much more like mission impossible than domestic royalty. You know, I think we're lucky if anyone sees all the work we do, let alone gives us praise for it. But then, as a mother, 
You cuddle up in bed with your little baby or your child who's a bit older. You're putting them to sleep and you kiss those soft folds of baby skin. Or if you have a teenage son, you remind them to bathe regularly because they no longer smell like baby powder. Those days are gone. But either way, they still look and smell good to you. And you remind them that you love them. You listen to their revelations of the day and your heart whispers to heaven, I'm grateful. It's hard, it's tiring, it demands all of you. And yet you wouldn't have it any other way. You know, God really values parents. God values mothers. You know, if you're in this room or joining us and you're a mum doing it alone, every person who's raising their kids alone, we honour you today and acknowledge that your job is twice as hard. Mums that have sick or disabled children, children with special needs that require even more of you, where independence is going to be harder to come by. We honour the constant demand upon your time and your patience. Women in this room that long to be mums but are yet unable to be, but choose instead to mother those that they can, to bring people under their wing and still be a mother. How precious are all those that do the duties of motherhood. How precious are all of those people, and we honour, praise, and esteem you today. What we want to be clear about today is that we see motherhood as a crowning achievement, greater than any degree, greater than any job, greater than anything we could ever achieve in the world's eyes. Motherhood is our greatest achievement, as is fatherhood. I'm sure that we all strive to be very good parents. I'm sure we all want to give it our best, but sometimes we feel like we are a captive, that we are just getting by rather than a queen who rules their domain with nobility. But I wanna highlight four things today for all of us that show that God thinks mothers are worthy of praise and reveal how God entrusts mothers. You know, what does, how does God see mothers? How does God place value on mothers? Well, four things this morning that reveal that we are not captives, but queens. Number one, a mother who is worthy of praise believes in a child's potential. A captive only looks at today, the problems in front of them right now, but a queen looks at tomorrow. Isn't it amazing how when a child is at little nippers, a mother sees a future all black? When a child takes a crayon or nail polish in my family and paints upon the wall, a mother doesn't see a graffiti artist, a, a mother sees a master artisan in the making. What about the child that comes and hangs out in the kitchen, continually wanting to taste what the food and eat the cookie dough? A mother doesn't see a thief. A mother sees a master chef in the making. Mothers can always see the future. Mothers are the ones that see the child's destiny and nurture it. This morning, I think of Jochebed in the Bible, Moses' mother. When her baby was born, and of course, all parents would agree that when they look at their children, they see something special about that child. Others sometimes go, their child's head is a bit cone-like. But they are beautiful, aren't they? They are always beautiful. But a mother looks at that child and sees wonder and sees potential. And when in the Bible, Moses was born, his mother looked at Moses, Jochebed looked at that son and said, man, there is something special about Moses. He is no ordinary child. 
And I'm sure in this room, there are many of us who have acknowledged, man, when our child was born, this is no ordinary child. And that's a noble thing that a mother does, is not just see what's in front of her right now, but see the future. And this mother, Jochebed, she hid him because she had faith in her child, a belief that something would happen through his life. She believed that more than what she could see now, there was a future, a destiny, a potential, a calling locked up in this child's life. And I believe that's what every mother sees. When their child arrives on planet Earth, we recognize that it's not just about our nurture now, but it's about our nurture to fulfill a future. And so this mother raised him in secret, And then when she could no longer hide him, she put him in a papyrus basket and floated him down the river of the Nile, putting him out there where he came to Pharaoh's daughter. She took a risk. She believed in a great future and she did the right thing for her son because she wasn't a captive of today where babies were being killed, but she was a a queen of the future. She understood what God had ahead for Moses. You know, uh, John's mother, Irene, no doubt watching in Christchurch this morning. Irene, you are amazing. We call her the queen of one-liners. Uh, but when she, she was told when John was a baby that he was going to serve God for the rest of his life, she was given a word about his future. She chose to take that word nurture that word, receive that word, and raise John in a way that he could fulfill his future potential. Now, I'm sure that she had to remember that when she saw the potential leader in her red-headed renegade who wouldn't behave and apparently needed the discipline of all three children rolled into one. Any parents relate? Don't worry. Apparently, just tell yourself, I'm raising a leader. I'm raising a leader. If they're raising hell, I'm raising a leader who is going to plunder hell and populate heaven in Jesus' name. You know, I love the fact that Irene constantly raised John with this in mind. Number two, mothers are worthy of praise because they go the extra mile. A captive grumbles, a mother has joy and is gracious. I'm sure many mothers know what it is to go the extra mile. Perhaps this is what it looks like for you. Taxi driver, gourmet chef, as we've heard a lot that food is very important to our captives. Chief ironer, that's not me. I put more wrinkles in than I take out. Hair detangler and stylist, repairer of broken toys, translator of toy instruction booklets, Why do they make Lego so complicated? Nurse to all kinds of ailments that are both real and put on when the child is trying to get a day off school. Restorer of broken friendships, night watcher, prayer warrior. A captive grumbles when these duties happen, but a queen is gracious and serves her children with joy. You know, mothers know how to embrace the needs of their family. Think about Mary. Her life was marked with service. When the Lord God came to her, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as he has said. And really, that was the person that Jesus entrusted, that Jesus was entrusted with. A woman, a mother, who said, service, servanthood is my calling. Servanthood is my heart. And I believe that a mother truly takes on the role of a servant. And I love that the greatest in all of the kingdom is a servant. And that is why we see the alignment with motherhood. It doesn't mean that a mother is a doormat. But it means a mother is the beginning of God's welcome in the heart of a child. You know, mothers don't serve grudgingly, but willingly. 
Serving is queen-like when done with joy. There is no need to be unhappy in our domestic domain. Even in the midst of chaos, we can find the joy. My mother, Helen, was an endless inspiration to me. There was never a dull moment. You never knew what would happen with my mum. I mean, even just yesterday, she came out with her hair like something out of the 70s. She'd back-combed her hair. We were in hysterics. Even Will was cracking up when he saw Grandma with back-combed hair. But my mother would dance around the house. We would put on records. It wasn't retro then, it was real. We had record players. We would put on records, and my mum loved the 60s music and ABBA. And we would dance around the room. Mum would lead the way, singing those ABBA songs. She was the life of the party. We could never be sad, and we would always have fun. My mum was the queen of dinner parties. You wonder where Seat at the Table when the theme of Seated and Celebrated came from? It came from my mum. If friends were over, she wouldn't kick them out at dinner time. She would ply them, not only with dinner, but with lavish dessert. Mothers are the ones that create this kind of atmosphere. Number three, a mother that is worthy of praise trains rather than tames. You know, a captive issues orders go and tidy your room, go and get this done. But a queen pursues understanding. If you leave your wet towel there, it will grow in bacteria. (laughs) It still doesn't work in my house. Wet towels, washing, laundry, these are the goals. John and I were on holiday and I said, if only, if only our children could put their dirty laundry in the basket, my life would be so much better. Anyone with me? Mothers, are not trying to grow little people that are tamed. We're not trying to control our kids to do what's right, but we're training little people to learn to control themselves. You know, a captive will issue orders, but a queen will pursue understanding, instilling self-control and training. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul says this to Timothy, which is so profound about motherhood. He says, I remember your genuine faith, For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. We don't actually hear about Timothy's father. We don't know what's happened. But his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois, we see that these two have been responsible for instilling the right instruction in Timothy. They have raised a young man who will be a carrier of God's plan for the church, a man that the Apostle Paul could pass a mandate to and pass a mantle to, that Timothy would go and carry the work of God throughout Asia and all the areas where the gospel was being spread. But it took a mother to instill the knowledge of God. It took a mother to do that. And we see that Paul values the instruction, the grandmother, that the faith was passed on. Mothers, we don't tell our children to follow Jesus, but we impart the truth. We bring a revelation of who God is in the midst of their lives and their growing up. Our role as mothers is primarily that we would raise our children to come to a saving revelation of God's grace and that they would desire to know God for themselves. Not because we force them to come to church, but because our lives reflect the love and the grace of Jesus Christ that overflows into their hearts. You know, that's our role. Mothers help children to know God through the way they live, the way they teach. We are to train, instruct, encourage, to warn. We are to do this, to sing, to share testimonies. 
Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way it should go, and it will not depart from it. You know, Irene used to say, it used to be obedience is right away, straight away, happy way. For Irene, it became obedience is now. I quite like that. You don't even have to explain it. Obedience is now. But her children were trained in the power of obedience. And who knows that trusting God and obeying God are foundational parts of a child's character. My poor children become captives whenever we take a car drive. I immediately think they are seat belted in and all those discussions that they don't want to hear, they, put their, they try to block their ears. Now is my moment. Seize the moment. Carpe diem. They cannot jump out of a moving car. I take the time in those moments to talk to my kids about issues that matter, things that are important, things that they need to know. I think as mothers, our warnings ring on open ears. We give our children warnings that shape the decisions that they make. How important is it to set up our children for the future decisions before they even encounter them? We train and instruct. We raise our children in a godly manner. You know, for me, there is no doubt that the story of my mother's life, her miraculous healing, informed my own faith. You know, I'll never forget at the age of 14, talking with my mum. And I said to mum, well, I remember that time when you were really sick and we had to go and live with my auntie because she was in hospital and she was partly paralysed. And I said to mum, man, you were in hospital for such a long time. And she said to me, how long did you think I was in hospital? And I said, oh, six months. I was with auntie for six months. Mum goes, no, it was only six weeks. But for me, it was six months in my childhood memory. But that shows me just how powerful a connection I had with my mother, that it seemed like an eternity when we were separated. But from that moment on, when mum began to tell me what had happened when she was sick, about how they had prayed for two years and she'd become paralyzed, about how a Christian Egyptian doctor had flown in to teach people about these tumors who just happened to be at Dunedin Hospital at the time that she was diagnosed with these tumors, about the fact that they saw one tumor on the scan and so they operated, but when they opened her up, there were two and they would never have operated if they'd known there were two, about the fact that before that she'd had a vision that she would be healed and run through a valley healed. She told me about the prophetic picture and the vision she'd had of what God would do. And as a child, as I heard this story, my faith grew that God was a healer, that God could do the impossible, that God worked in miracles. And that's what a mother does is they impart faith and they bring something in a child's life that shows God is with me, God is for me, God is a good God. Number four, and if the band can come up, number four, a mother is worthy of praise because she rises up for her children. She rises up. A captive is a victim. A queen is a victor. You know, we think about the Canaanite woman in the Bible. This woman was a victim. She was a victim of her society. She was a victim of her class, of caste. Everybody despised her and looked down on her, this mother. She was fighting against society. She was fighting against everybody to even speak to Jesus. But she insisted on following Jesus. She insisted that Jesus had a solution for her daughter. Her daughter was very sick. And Jesus knew that he hadn't come primarily to do this. He, he was on a mission. He was headed to the cross. And yet one mother rose up. 
One mother said, it's not okay that my daughter is sick. It's not okay that she is bound by this demon and by this condition. And this mother insisted that Jesus would act on her behalf. And she said, come on, Jesus. I know that you can do it. I know that you can do it. I know that you're so gracious that your mercy could fall on my daughter. And because of her faith, because of her persistence, because she rose up, Jesus did a miracle and healed her daughter. It also illustrated for us the power of a mother's persistence. And that as mothers, we don't accept what we see. We're not victims to the situation and the circumstance of our children, but that we go to God in prayer, that we go and push in and believe for a breakthrough. I think about Deborah, a woman in the Bible. And the Bible says, village life in Israel ceased until I arose a mother in Israel. We see there that she wasn't a victim of what was happening in her community. She wasn't a victim of her society. She wasn't going to allow oppression for her people. And mothers rise up in community. So that we don't withdraw, we don't stay isolated from the needs of community. But mothers engage with the needs around them. We rise up to see a community changed. And I believe that Deborah did that. She rose up, she led a way for a people to come out of bondage and into freedom. Motherhood is no withdrawal from community, but a full immersion into the heart of it. I want to tell a final story as we come to a close this morning. There was a woman named Karen. And Woman's Day in America ran this article through all their national magazines, and it was proven, and there were doctor's reports, and people talked about this story. But there was this woman called Karen. She had a firstborn son whose name was Michael. And she became pregnant with a baby girl. And everything was going well. But then during the birth, there were complications. The birth didn't go well, and this little baby girl ended up in ICU. After two weeks, it was looking pretty bleak. And they were saying, it's time to say your goodbyes. Now, the older brother, Michael, had been so excited about having a baby sister that the whole time Karen was pregnant, he'd sung to the baby in the womb. He'd sung over this little baby, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And he had this little song that he sang to the baby. And the mother thought, I want to bring him in to say goodbye to his sister because he's been so excited. Now, when she took Michael to the ICU, the head nurse is like, I'm sorry, children cannot come in. You know, this is life and death. We, we can't let them in. And the mother rose up. She didn't accept that. She said, no, he is coming in. He is going to say goodbye to his sister. So they got him dressed up in the, the special gowns and the mother was able to bring her son in. And as the son stood at the bedside, saw his baby sister for the first time, do you know what he did? He sang his song to her. He stood over her in the hospital bed and he began to sing over her, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And everything about that little baby girl began to change. Her pulse rate steadied. Her breathing got better. Colour returned to her face. People started to notice, hang on a second, something is changing. Something is changing. The head nurse that was there supervising began to cry 
because she saw the power of a brother's song. She saw the power of hope. She saw what happened in this little life. And you know what? It took one mother to rise up and get her son in the room. Do you know what happened? A miracle. That little baby girl did not die, but she went on to live. So much so that it was a miracle that it was reported nationally across America that a song changed a little girl's life, that a mother's persistence changed a life forever. And that's what a mother does. They fight for their children and they don't accept what they see. They don't accept what they see. You know, I'll never forget with Will, and and John has shared the story when he got really sick. But as a mother, you know when something's not right. Mother's intuition, your gut, you just know it's not right. And sometimes we go to despair. Of course we do, it's only natural. Shock, despair, the weight of fear. But then we rise up and we go to faith and we go to belief. And in the moment when Will was sick and I was told a diagnosis that wasn't good, I remembered the vision God had gave me when I was pregnant of a tall blonde guy with a sword in his hand and a smile on his face with two blonde friends on either side. And I saw him walking down the beach like Mr. Confident. And your mind goes to faith and you begin to pray in light of the future, in light of what God has promised and not what we see right now. And that is a mother who is worthy of praise. Every mother in this room, you are worthy of praise. Every mother watching this, you are worthy of praise. Let her children rise up and call her blessed. Let her husband know that she is more valuable than rubies. We are queens and we are not captives. We are running a household where our children will be receiving instruction, where they will have impartation and grow in the knowledge of God. You know, why don't we pray right now and thank God for every mother. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every mother and grandmother, those who are raising kids on their own and those who are raising kids with special needs. And Father, those of us who open homes to children, not even our natural children. Lord, we believe that your grace, your wisdom and your strength would reside on us that we would be mothers that truly raise our children in the ways of God. Father, I thank You for every mother. Refresh us, energize us, raise us up again. Let us not be downcast in the midst of the dirty dishes, but fill us with joy and gratitude for the days that are to come. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch.com and at Gillian Cameron.